Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ah, Leslie, you know, there's nothing more relaxing than a nice warm bath. Yeah, but who has the time? We've gone from a nation of bathers to a shower society, and plumbing fixture designers are helping you turn your shower into a spa-like massage. Read Turn Your Boring Bath Into a Power Shower when you hit MoneyPit.com. Just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. You got a question about your home improvement projects? Need some help solving that do-it-yourself dilemma? Call us right now at 888-MONEYPIT. Leslie, it's been a great, great year here at the Money Pit, and we actually have been keeping track of uh, all the things people want to talk about. You know what the number one topic is? It's flooring, I think. Floors. 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 Other, other top topics, uh, kitchen and bath, of course. Excellent. Uh, HVAC. You Where know, do you're roofs rank cooling. in there? Roofs are actually in the top 10, but down the bottom, I think it's about number eight or so, which means apparently all the instructions we've been offering on the show over the years are, are working because people are having fewer and fewer roof leaks. They're pushing down as the, as the type of question that we are asked very frequently, even though it's been a fairly wet year. You know, I think people really are listening and they're taking the advice and they're taking good precautions and then they're listening to us just to get project ideas. So it's working. So 06 was excellent for the money pit. And we're so glad that you listen to us because our families don't. <laughs> we got a great show in store for you today. First up, is your laundry room cluttered and dark? That could mean that it's also dangerous. You wouldn't want a bottle of bleach falling on you, Not would you? my eyes. No. This hour, we've got some great tips on laundry room storage that will keep you safe. All right. And our regular listeners know about my carpet in the basement fiasco. I now know that that's really not such a great idea. But did you know that you can have hardwood floors even in the dampest of conditions like your basement. We're going to tell you how. And with three kids, I know that there are accidents just waiting to happen around the house. <laughs> Our good friend Bob Vila is going to join us in just a few minutes with some tips on baby and kid proofing all around the house. Plus, we're going to be giving away a great prize. It's the Ryobi 7.2 volt drill. It's worth $30. And it's a brand new drill from those folks. And it's the result of extensive engineering by Ryobi's research and design team. And they've made it more compact and more comfortable to operate. So it's really a great prize that can be used by anyone. Call us right now at 888 Pit, and we could pick you. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Well, we're on our way to Ohio and talking to Charles. How can we help you? Hey, hi. I um, I was looking at uh, my um, <clears throat> drywall, excuse me, and I noticed I have a lot of nails starting to make themselves uh, noticeable. And I didn't know if there's something out there that I can, um, upon nailing them back, 
to keep these little guys from coming back that I can put over. Yeah, the dreaded the dreaded, dreaded nail pop. Nail pop. <laughs> yes, indeed. The dreaded nail. I'll tell you, I'm starting to have nightmares about that. You guy. can see it lifting up the paper, and you see that nail head sort of trying to pop through. Yeah, they're trying to say hello. <laughs> well, there's a couple of things that you can do. Tom and I always recommend you can either put another nail directly next to that first nail and hammer it in so that that second head is bringing that first head flush. What's happening is, is it's drying out and it's backing its way out of the wood and then out of the drywall itself. And then there's a way you can do it with a screw. Okay, simply back the uh, back the old nail out and use a drywall screw to put it in because you know that's that will never back out. In fact, a lot of the contractors today don't use drywall nails anymore because of this very issue. They'll use the, the drywall screws. The important thing for you to know, um, though, Charles, is that this is not a structural problem. It's this more is cosmetic. More, it's more cosmetic. You know, there's there's hundreds of nails in those boards and. Although it seems like a lot are coming out, it doesn't mean that your house is doing anything unusual. What's happening is that the, the wood expands and contracts, and the newer wood dries out. It tends to push the nail out. See, those nails are, are coated with glue. Okay. And the way they're supposed to work is as you drive them in, the friction of driving them in is supposed to, is supposed to loosen the glue, and then it's supposed to get set in place. But the truth is it, it doesn't work that way, and uh, very often it will back out. So those are your options. A second nail on top of that one so you cover the heads or to use a drywall screw. Hey, I'm glad you guys are around so we can, uh, us homeowners, ask you uh, questions like this. All right, Charles, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, all right, our next caller is a podcaster from Virginia. Jeff, how can we help you? I'm a contractor, and I have a client of mine uh, who has a 1950s error house. And they are uh, in a situation where they want to replace the flooring in their uh, basement area, and they're pretty certain that the flooring down there is uh, asbestos tile. Okay. And oh, hey, Tom. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're both with you. Uh, they were talking about possibly putting down um, a laminate tile, and it's currently carpet on top of the um, asbestos tiles. And I was wondering if there was any concern with uh, pulling up the carpet creating uh, a situation where this stuff might become airborne and any best way to approach putting down the flooring, whether I should leave the flooring in its existing location if it's stuck well to the concrete or whether I should uh, work on uh, contacting a professional for removing existing um, well, it's good of you to call, Jeff, uh, before you tackle this project for this client. Um, I personally don't have any concern about asbestos floor tiles. That asbestos is contained inside of a binder. And, you know, there's different types of vinyl binders in, is used in there. But the the uh, risk of any kind of exposure issue from that would only happen if it was broken. And, and yeah, if you're breaking them up and they're becoming powdery and, and that's when it becomes airborne. Is that carpet glued down to the asbestos? Is it sort of just resting on top? It's resting on top, and they Good. got the uh, the Robert strips or the carpet strips. Uh, I would say that um, it the, probably what I would do in that situation is I would take the carpet up, I'd remove the uh, the tackless, uh, you know, try to minimize the damage to the tile. But again, remember, it's not going to become airborne unless it gets really broken up. And then if it's uh, in, relatively in, in uh, decent shape, I would go ahead and put the underlayment down on top of that, and then put the laminate floor over that. The laminate floors today all locked together. And if you want to do an extra good job, you could use some glue on each piece. And basically, the laminate floor becomes a one-piece unit that floats on top of that old subfloor. And so once you're done, all you need to do is trim the edges, and, and that'll be it. I think that's probably the best way to handle that. I, wouldn't, I don't see any reason to remove it um, because you're just kind of opening up a can of worms. Yeah, I thought so, too. I was a little concerned about uh, creating uh, an airborne situation for either my guys 
or the uh, the people living there. And by the way, if you were calling me about siding on the outside and it was a asbestos uh, siding, I would tell you to remove that because I don't like the fact that a lot of contractors put uh, vinyl siding on top of asbestos and nail through it. And but Tom's got a good trick for taking down those asbestos tiles. Yeah, create a problem. Yeah, what I generally um, recommend is taking a nail set and driving the nail through the tile because you could actually puncture the, the two or three nails in each tile and the whole thing pops right out. That being for the siding. Yeah, for mm -hmm. siding. Uh, but as far as floor, I'd leave it right in place. Okay. All right, Jeff. Yeah, that's kind of the consensus, and I'm just glad to be able to touch base with the experts, and I just wanted to um, appreciate the opportunity to talk with you, and I uh, love your show. I've listened to all your archived ones, and uh, look forward to the future ones. Well, Thanks, thank you very Jeff. much, Jeff. Very kind of you to say. Donald in Virginia, what's going on at your house? In the spring of the year, I have trouble with uh, several bats that are kind of making their home behind my shutters on a level home. Okay. Uh, so I was hoping maybe somebody might have some uh, some solutions or something to offer. It might help or retard them from roosting there. Well, they're outside your house. They're just between the shutter and the wall. Yes, I have uh, you know shutters that more or less have slats in them. They're not solid. Are they decorative or do you actually use the shutters? Uh, more or less decorative, yes. Because I'm thinking, why not? use some sort of chicken wire to create a barrier in that space, almost frame out behind that shutter between the house to make it like a cage that they can't get in. There's probably a gap between the shutter. And the same thing, you could use chicken wire or even steel wool that you pressed in around the outside of the shutter edge or maybe even some um, um, uh, copper or something like that that's not going to rust and basically fill that gap around the shutter edge and that will prevent them from being able to get in there. You know, the other thing, things that, that folks use is there are these ultrasonic devices, which some people say work and some don't work. They're not very expensive. You could probably buy one and plug it in and, and see what happens. Even you can use bird netting. Yeah, or bird netting. Yeah, that would work as well, too. I had wondered something about like the maybe chicken wire or bird netting, and I yeah. wondered if it would make another a better grass form to roost on. You know, just uh, they usually come uh, early in the spring, and they're there till. Oh, maybe like a month or so ago, and I guess the colder weather drives them on. And if they like your house, they'll find your, their way back every year. They seem like they made permanent residence and maybe bringing a couple cousins or uncles <laughs> with them. Well, they making much of a mess there. Yes, you get bat residue. and uh, Yeah, and that stuff can uh, make you really sick, so, it, yeah. Well, those are a couple of things you could try. You know, if worse comes to worse, you could call a wildlife exterminator, and they could put out some professional products that would probably keep them away permanently. All right, Donald, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Hey, need help keeping your home improvement New Year's resolutions? Well, that's what we're here for. You can call in your home repair or your home improvement question or even whatever's on your mind. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know how to reach us, 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Hey, is your laundry room a dark, dingy place where you can never find what you're looking for? The AARP says if your laundry room is organized, it will work better for you and keep you safe. We'll give you some tips next. 888-MONEY-PIT. The walls in your home hold memories, hopes, dreams, and quite possibly, mold. You see, traditional drywall has paper on both sides, which combined with moisture can allow conditions that cause mold. That's why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper face drywall, Dens Armor has glass mat facings on both sides and no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. 
It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you eliminate the paper, you reduce the chances for mold. If you're building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. I want to keep my home for as long as I can because there are a lot of memories here. I read a little bit about making my house more comfortable and wanted to make my mom's house safer too. AARP told me about making mom's bedroom door wider and taping down her floor rugs. And I added handrails to our staircases. It was all simple and inexpensive thanks to AARP's tips. Now our homes fit our lifestyles and are ready for years to come. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash universal home. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools let you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. For the home improvement enthusiast who has everything except the power to turn back time, here's a gift that will restore used tools to their former glory. The Drill Doctor 350X restores drill bits to factory sharp condition in less than a minute. The Black & Decker Handy Saw helps save precious time and effort. Think of it as grab-and-go cutting. It's lightweight and makes quick cuts into wood and metal. Because it's cordless, you can take it anywhere, even prune tree branches. Tom Kreitler, AOL Home Improvement Editor for Real Estate, says that tools might be a great go-to gift this season. For the home improvement enthusiast in your life, nothing beats tools as a holiday gift. And the best part is that there's a tool or gadget for just about every budget. For more on practical gift ideas for any level of home improver, visit moneypit.com. I'm John Dridden. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to aprilair.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. All right, we're talking about that dark, scary place down in the bottom of your home, the basement, where most likely you've got your laundry room. Ranch dwellers, you've got your laundry room somewhere else, but I bet you it could still be cluttered and dark and messy and unorganized. Well, the AARP has some tips that are going to help you see the light when it comes to that dark laundry room. You want to make sure that your supplies are always within easy reach. Store them in low shelves or wire baskets so you have easy accessibility to everything so you're not reaching up too high in case something's going to fall on you and you're not bending down to pick up a heavy jug of laundry detergent. You know, with these super price mart places, you end up with this enormous enormous washing bucket of detergent that weighs a ton. So keep it somewhere that's easy to get to. And if you've got the room, think about using a rolling cart. It's going to help you sort your clothes. And if your space is limited, why not attach a fold down shelf to the wall so that you can fold your clothes there, even iron on top of there. Just make things easy. Yeah. Speaking of hardware, you know, some hardware could help. For example, an ironing board hanger. We've got one on the wall. We have it actually. I never know how to put the iron on them. Oh, well, you don't put the iron on it. Put the ironing board on it. You see, there's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, we put it up uh, on, the, on, the, on the door. So when we close the door, there's a little bit of, there's actually about a six-inch gap behind our door, so it's perfect. It totally hides it away. It keeps the board flat. It's kind of totally out of the way when we're not using it. 
If you might find that it's more convenient to attach a pull-down ironing board to the wall, you can do that. Then you won't have to fold and unfold the board every single time, which, of course, could be a strain on your back. Yeah, and not to mention that horrible screeching sound oh, you when know, you close I that. that. Why can't they make an ironing board that doesn't screech And there screech is no amount of WD-40 that's going to fix that. It just screeches. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, if you want more great tips on how to make your laundry room life a little bit easier, you can log on to the website for the AARP. It's simply aarp.org slash universal home. That's aarp.org slash universal home. All right. Well, if you like our advice, why not think about cataloging our advice and reaching into the Money Pit Library and perhaps downloading it to your computer or podcasting it? Well, we like to give you information and we like to give it to you for free, which is just like what we're going to do if you choose to download our podcast. And you can access the entire library of everything Tom and I have ever said. So if you're thinking floors, type in floors and you will find it by the topic. Just go to moneypit.com. Yeah, you know, when I want my kids to pick up something, I record that, put that as part of the library. So when they say I didn't say it, I can just have them go download the podcast. So far, it's not working out so well, but I thought I'd give it a shot. You're like, we've got 70,000 podcasts per month. None of them are my family's. Oh, wait, one's mine. Call us right now, one eight 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 money pit You could win a 7.2-volt cordless drill from RYOBI. It's the result of lots of research by the RYOBI design people to create a comfortable and powerful compact drill. It's got a center handle with plenty of power. It's got a grip over mold that provides unmatched balance and an extraordinarily comfortable feel in your hand. Yeah, and because of the shape and size of these drills, they're perfect for homeowners, do-it-yourselfers, crafters, and people who are looking for a smaller, a more comfortable tool, but still packs a lot of punch power-wise. It's got a lot of user-friendly features. It's only 30 bucks, but it could be yours for free if we pick you out of our lucky callers this hour. one money pit Leslie, who's next? On our way to Texas now. Steve, what are you working on? I've got a about a 24-foot span that uh, I'm wanting to uh, take a wall out and was wondering how big a beam do I need to support that much weight. It's a one-story house built in the 50s, and it has a, uh, it's on a slab. It's a foundation, but it has a subfloor in it. Um, back then, uh, they put uh, two-by-fours kind of in, into a uh, black tar type of deal with plywood oh. over the top of that. So it, there's a slab foundation, but then there's a, there's wood on top of the floor. Is this wall that you want to take out a bearing wall? Yes. Then I think you need a big honking beam there. Probably what you're going to need is a steel I-beam. And the specific answer to what size beam that, has to, that you need for that um, is going to come from the span tables of, uh, of a code book. And it's not something that I can give you verbatim over the phone. But I will tell you that with that level of span, that's an awfully long span. And I can't imagine that any wood beam or a wood beam with a metal flinch plate that's like sandwiched in, in between is going to be strong enough for that. The other important thing to consider here, Steve, is where that beam is bearing. The ends of that beam, whereas right now the wall may be supported by a continuous footing under that whole space. If now you're going to point load all of that weight just on the two ends of that beam, that that area has to be strong enough to handle that because the weight's going to come down the beam, go across, and then be distributed down to the columns. So you have to have a substantial foundation to be able to support that. So the specific answer is going to be determined by consulting the spanning, uh, the spanning tables in the code books. And if you don't have one, you could get one in the local building department or you can consult an architect or engineer. Or even the manufacturers for these beams will be able to tell you what they're rated for. But I don't think you'll be able to do it with a wood beam. Steve, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. That also doesn't seem very much like a do-it-yourself project. 
No, I don't think, uh, I definitely don't think it is. So, I mean, point. and then what do you do as you go taking out this load-bearing wall? What do you do to temporarily support that weight before you go ahead and get to back it all up? Well, that's an excellent question. And what you do is you build a temporary wall next to the wall that you're taking apart. So it, let's say that you have a wall, let's assume it's a ranch that's going down the middle of the building. Well, you'd build another wall next to the bearing wall. And this would temporarily support the weight of whatever's above that. Then you would disassemble the bearing wall, install the, the new beam, and then once everything is done, then you take, take out the temporary wall. It's, it's a very complicated project. So you definitely have to replace this wall with whatever support system in the exact location because it was made to withstand that weight at that one point. Exactly. And, and you've got to do it in the right order. If you mess up, it could be a disaster. And it's not something that insurance, insurance is not going to cover your screw ups if you make your own roof collapse. So it's definitely not a do it yourself project. Get some professional help. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? It's time for Chimney Chat with Robert in West Virginia. What can we do for you? Hello. Yes, I have a, a chimney and the facing of the bricks on the chimney uh, spalling off. The uh, just a little bit at a time, but it's been happening over the last year. And I wanted to know if there was any kind of sealer or sealant that I could put on there to stop this from happening. Well, a couple of things come to mind. First of all, Robert, if your bricks are spalling, generally what that means is that you're getting a lot of water in there. So I would start my inspection on top of the chimney, assuming it's a standard brick chimney with a terracotta a clay flue liner then the cement needs to, the chimney cap needs to be inspected, and that's the cement between the flue liner and the edge of the brick. Make sure it doesn't have any big cracks or broken off chunks of it, because it actually leads a lot of water to get into the brick itself. The next thing to look at is the mortar joints. If the mortar joints are breaking down and deteriorating, that's going to allow water to get into it. In terms of a brick sealer, you can use a masonry sealer, but it's critical that you use one that's vapor permeable, one that's designed to breathe, because otherwise the water will still get in the bricks because you're never going to seal it all out. But if it can't get out, it's going to freeze and they're going to spall even worse. What you're describing is sort of a normal wear and tear pattern on a brick, but if it's, it's aggravated by the volume of water that gets in there. And that's why you need to start at the top by looking at the chimney cap to make sure it's intact between the liner and the edge of the chimney. Yeah, I, 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 just, had, uh, I just had somebody pour a new chimney cap on there, but they said they couldn't do anything about the, uh, the bricks pulling. Well, if he just poured one on there, I bet that's going to slow it down, that's for sure. That, that's all it'll do. There, there's nothing I can do, do then uh, to seal the, the water from getting in there. You can seal it, but again, it's got to be a vapor-permeable sealer. And also keep in mind that when you put the sealer on the bricks, it's going to change the color. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome, Robert. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Coming up, from crawlers to toddlers, babies are naturally curious. Their little hands are always reaching up where they shouldn't. Up next, we're going to get some baby-proofing tips from our good friend, Bob Vila. You live in a money pit! This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by at 1-888-MONEYPIT for your calls, your questions. What are you doing? What are you working on? Give us a call right now. Let's talk about it. 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-397 for the Money Pit, making good homes better. So, Leslie, you know, with three of my own kids, I can tell you that children are innately curious it's how they learn about the world around them, which is why... Just like monkeys. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure the kids will feel really good about that comparison. Nice. But, you know, that's why it's so important to be vigilant when it comes to baby-proofing your house, because you just can't rely on what they're going to do. I mean, the, the things that they learn to do uh, one day, easily, those skills totally get surpassed the next day. They could, uh, you know, a fence works great on day one. The next day, they're right over the top. Well, it's true, because the thing about kids is that one day they're crawling, and then you turn your back for a second, and suddenly they're standing, and now they're whole able to reach all these new levels of dangers, and you never know what they're going to get their hands into. Right. So joining us today was our good friend Bob Vila with some great baby-proofing advice. Hi, Bob. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be with you again. You know, you're, you're talking about toddlers there, but the time to get ready and to, to really take care of them is just as they're getting ready to, to, to be born and to come home for the first time. Well, I always find it so interesting, Bob, that whenever I get invited to a baby shower and I look at the list of gifts, you know, the first thing people buy are all of the cutesy fun clothing and fun toys. And I'm always the one who shows up with like the baby monitors and the plug covers. Um, I guess it's because I'm in the home improvement business, but I and feel like, detectors and you know, all you have to be practical. Things. Yes, no, it's very important to uh, to kid-proof your house when they're toddlers, but it's also just as important to take into consideration the dangers that are present in many houses for an infant that's still just ba- ba- you know, basically in swaddling and in a crib. Let's talk about some of those dangers kind of from the perspective of, of that child. Do you start on the bottom? Do you get on your hands and knees and look up and, and work from there? Well, just remember that a, a baby uh, is breathing at a, an alarmingly faster rate than an adult, uh, the the airways are smaller. They they just have to, you know, they they breathe faster and they breathe more stuff in, and they're smaller and more susceptible to what they're breathing. And in many cases, how, homes are furnished and finished out with man-made products that emit gases. They outgas things that can be damaging to a child. So when, you, when you're thinking about redoing a room uh, as a nursery, which is one of the projects we've just done on the Bob Vila show, uh, you've got to think about using natural, friendly kind of products, paints with uh, low volatile organic compounds, low VOC rates. Uh, uh, avoid any kind of man-made paneling that's going to outgas from the types of glues that are used. Uh, you know, use natural fibers like cotton and wool for floor coverings, and don't put wall-to-wall down. Put the kind of cover, the you know, small rugs and carpets that they can be easily picked up and washed. All these are simple things that you don't think about, but they make a big difference in terms of the actual atmospheric conditions around that crib. What about even the bedding for in the crib, for example? Well, you know, it, it again, it, it's uh, natural is always better, and we, we featured uh, some natural rubber products on the show that are a little bit more expensive than what you might find, uh, you know, in the marketplace. But again, they, they make a huge difference in that environment surrounding a little infant, as well as the bedding. I mean, there is nothing better than 100% pure cotton. You know, Bob, it sounds like we're talking about green construction here, and really. It, the same construction that's good for the environment is really great for kids. Exactly. It's absolutely true. It's good for everybody. But getting, you know, getting into the, the areas when they do start to toddle and crawl, you do have to make sure that you take lots of precautions. I mean, we've demonstrated not just the types of uh, gates, for example, that can be utilized to close off staircases and 
parts of houses, but you also have to be aware that uh, you know doorknobs and windows can be a source of danger. Appliances, and by that I mean you know stoves and refrigerators and everything. You can you can buy knob protectors. You can buy doorknob mittens that make it impossible for a little one to to really mess around with the door. And there's a lot of things that you just pick up and you, and you need to install yourself. And so obviously you need to have some tools and. Uh, I'm always trying to make sure that people are empowered to be able to do their own installations and not have to call contractors in. That's right. I was uh, on your website today at bobvila.com. It's uh, B-O-B-V-I-L-A.com. And, Bob, you know, you're talking about windows, and uh, on your website I was reading about the Levelor Cellular Shades. I really like that product because they don't have the cords that kids can get tangled up into. They have a little lift on the, on the bottom rail where you can simply move it up and down. Yeah, exactly. It's a simple solution. It's, it's not something you think about, but the fact is that any kind of dangling cords in the environment of a youngster, a, a baby around the crib or, or a toddler can be a source of danger and tragedy. So whatever you can do to minimize that is good. Lines like this work. You also, we're demonstrating some windows that we've installed that yeah, are those new uh, Pella Designer Series windows. They're other actually Pellas, functional yeah, the and ones beautiful. that have the shades built in between the two layers of glass, right? So that you can operate them with a magnetic switch kind of thing. But you know, again, you don't have you don't have shades. You don't have the additional thing. And also, shades. It's not just that they're dangerous from the point of view of of, of a cord should it happen, but they also collect more dust and. Dust is something you want to keep to a minimum. More airborne particulates. We're talking to Bob Vila, home improvement expert, and uh, Bob's website is bobvila.com. Bob, let's talk about furnishings, wall hanging, shelves, things like that. You know, especially now moving into the winter, kids uh, are looking to climb, and uh, that's not a place we want them to climb. But if they do sneak up there, how do we secure uh, those items in the house so they don't get hurt, they don't get cr- uh, fall over on them? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, it's, there's a lot of common sense involved in what you're doing in a nursery or, or a little kid's room, but you you know that they want to climb, and so you don't put anything that would allow them to climb up near a window. Uh, you just, you know, if you're going to have a rocking chair or an easy chair or a sofa in the nursery, you make sure that it's in a position where it's not going to allow uh, a toddler to get into, you know, into trouble. You know, Bob, we know how important it is to control the amount of light that comes in because of early bedtimes and napping, but how important is sound quality and quietness? Extremely important, and it works both ways because you also want to contain the noise that the kiddo might be making. Uh, <laughs> you mean the yeah. and, You know, sometimes <laughs> the, the best way to listen in is with uh, a two-way, uh, you know, baby monitoring device. But we uh, demonstrated a number of products that can be used, including uh Sound, you know, sound attenuation products from Owens Corning that are specifically designed so that you can contain the noise both from within and from without. Uh, we showed their Solserine ceiling system, which is an acoustic ceiling system that stretches a, a, a fabric, a, a textile material, so that it creates a truly beautiful ceiling that you, you barely are aware of until you're in the room, and then you realize, you realize that everything is kind of helping to deaden the sound and make the, make the, the, nur- the nursery more, more cozy. Terrific. Bob Vila, home improvement expert, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Great to be with you. Continued success. For more information, you can log on to Bob's website at bobvila.com. All right, Money Pit listeners, up next, hardwood floors for your basement? Well, yes. No, yes, you can do. (laughs) Well, we're going to have some tips on how you and your beautiful basement can have wonderful hardwood floors that can even stand up to the dampest conditions. So stick around. So AARP has a series of tips for homeowners who want to improve their homes, make them safer and more comfortable. 
And I found these tips on their website, aarp.org slash universal home. In the bathroom alone, I widened the door, installed brighter light bulbs, and put non-slip surfacing on the floor tiles. Instead of wishing my house had improvements, I'm making them. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash universal home. Table saw. 18-volt drill driver. 8-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. Is dryness a problem in your home? Especially in winter months, dry air can make skin itchy. Make your throat and nose dry. I can't talk. And don't forget about static shock. It also causes walls, hardwood floors, and home furnishings to become dry and cracked. Put an end to dry air problems with an April Air Automatic Humidifier, the best cure for indoor air dryness. Never too dry, never too moist. Just the optimum amount of humidity based on outdoor temperatures. Protect your health, your comfort, and your furnishings by putting an end to dry air with whole home humidification from April Air. Now, doesn't that feel better? <sighs> April Air. Fresh ideas for indoor air. If tools are the way to your honey's heart, the trend this holiday is space-saving and multifunctionality. Anyone who hates clutter will appreciate the Imix Multi-Tool. This bionic wrench features 34 full-size tools in a compact package. And the Portamate PM7000 Miter Saw Work Center takes multifunctionality to the next level. A quick-release feature allows for the interchangeability of all types of power tools. AOL Home Improvement Editor for Real Estate and co-host of The Money Pit, Tom Kreitler, says there are some great gifts out there for the Mr. or Ms. Fix-It in your life. Home improvement gifts are some of the season's most popular. And from the workshop to the kitchen, there's something for everyone on your list. Crankler says that kitchen cleanup might get easier this holiday season if you consider the new Insincorator Evolution XL Food Waste Disposer. It grinds the tough stuff but is quieter than other disposers. Visit MoneyPit.com for more. I'm John Dridden. AARP is proud to sponsor the Money Pit. Visit www.aarp.org slash universal home to learn more about making your home more functional and comfortable for years to come. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, making good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Leslie, I thought I'd offer a helpful travel tip for those that are uh, that are scurrying about this holiday season. Okay, what is it? Caulking guns. You can't take them on the airplane. Yeah, no, you don't want to. <laughs> Not only are they probably too large for your carry-on, but they look a little suspicious. Plus, what are you going to caulk on the plane? Well, there's always things to caulk. Like the, you can like the glue somebody guy, to the seat. Like the talkative guy that always sits next to you. <laughs> you really don't want to caulk. Yeah, but or that so, would me, mean trying to get him to keep his mouth closed long enough so the caulk would set, which is, you know, a good five, ten minutes. That's our definition of caulk talk. <laughs> well, let's talk about hardwood floors. We know that they're a bad idea in basement. 
basement. At least the solid hardwoods are because they can warp and twist. But if you want hardwood floors in your basement, you can do it. You can have the same beauty of solid hardwoods in your basement by using its high-tech sister, it's called engineered hardwood. It's 100% genuine wood. It's made up of alternating layers of hardwood that provide that dimensional stability that you need if you're going to use a hardwood in a damp space. Yeah, and engineered hardwoods, they're not only strong, but they're darn beautiful. And they come with these super tough finishes that will last a very, very, very long time. They're very durable. If you want some more information on any flooring choices from laminates to vinyls to engineered hardwoods, there's a great website that has a complete guide to flooring, and it's armstrong.com. Go to their site, snoop around. You can even pick a room and then say, hmm, living room, and see what it looks like with that flooring. So it's a really good resource guide. 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Speaking of hardwoods, you know, there are two other options for flooring that can look just like their natural counterparts, be it stone or hardwood or tile, but without the cost of the real stuff. Learn about those options in the next edition of the Money Pit e-newsletter. Our newsletter is free and comes to you every Friday morning into your inbox. Sign up now at moneypit.com. While there, you can email us your home improvement or home repair question. Or you're not in an emailing type of mood, you can call in your question right now at 888-MONEYPIT and you could win a really great prize. It's a 7.2 volt cordless drill from the folks at RYOBI and they've done a ton of research by their design team to create a really comfortable super powerful and compact drill. It's got a center handle drill, it provides a super grip, it's got a grip over mold that's going to give you good balance and make it feel really comfortable in your hands. So no blisters from doing a lot of work. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. It could be yours free if we pick your name from the Money Pit hard hat. Leslie, who's next? Curtis in Indiana, you're up. What can we do for you? Hey, I have a quick question for you. I have this problem. It's an older home, and uh, the people who own the house before me, uh, or whenever, they put the furnace upstairs in the house, and also the cold air return is upstairs. So more or less, my heat is circulating through the second story of my house, and it's extremely tough to efficiently heat the bottom floor. So you have supply ducts on the first floor, but you don't have any return ducts on the first floor, is that correct? Right. So, of course, the uh, the, the heating vents are in the ceilings of the first floor. More and you know, heat that's, rises. Oh, that's, that's a really bad design. You, you heat rises. Whenever you put heating ducts on the ceiling, we used to see that uh, occasionally in a develop near me in, in the years I spent in the home inspection business. They used to take um, air conditioning systems and convert them to heating systems, but all the supply ducts were in the or ceiling. Upstairs. So uh, you're going to need some redesign of this duct system, Curtis, in order to get this to balance right. Even putting a return on the first floor is not going to help you. When you're supplying heat at the ceiling, it's going to stay at the ceiling. So you're definitely going to need to consult with an HVAC contractor to redesign that system in the, in the least um, destructive way possible. What about in the interim getting those duct fans that would sort of help push that air down? You know, you could put a duct booster in there, but again, you're pushing it down from the ceiling, and that's going to be a real... You're pushing against gravity, Curtis. That's the problem. So, so really, um, what you're saying pretty much is... Uh, but the only way to actually solve solve this problem is to go ahead and have the ducts rearranged underneath the house and push well, up to the floor. Well, have have them re, have them have some additional ducts. You may want to leave the ones that are in place, but you're certainly going to want to drop a couple of ducts down a wall somewhere to get some heat coming out lower, and then also put in a return duct. Being this is already winter time, and a big project like this probably will not happen this winter. I'm looking for um, a good way of just to subdue myself. For this winter, that wouldn't be real costly. Uh, I know, for example, uh, the little electric space heaters don't work very well, uh, and that sort of thing. I was kind of well, if you're looking for, a good for an idea. inexpensive way to provide some backup heat, then 
And again, this is temporary. I would use an electric baseboard, permanently installed electric baseboard on its own thermostat where you can control the supplemental heat with a thermostat and only turn it on when you need it. Um, the advantage of it is it's inexpensive to put in. The disadvantage is it's costly to run. But if you're using it just as supplemental heat on those cold days, then it's a good solution. Hey, that sounds great. I do appreciate your time. Are you living in a time warp? Does your kitchen scream 1950s? Well, up next, we're going to answer a question about covering the biggest kitchen decorating trend of the 50s. For Micah, you know you've got it, so stick around. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Dense Armor Plus, the revolutionary paperless drywall from Georgia Pacific. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Let us help make your good home better. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT or log on to the website at moneypit.com. This is where work and fun meet. So you can call us or you can email us, and let's jump into that email bag right now. All right, we've got one right here from Paul in Rockledge, Florida, who writes, We have a glossy Formica laminate on our kitchen doors, edges, etc. What are the options for updating at a low cost? We're probably going to laminate or tile over the countertops. Please help. Well, that's a good question. And, you know, it surprises me how many people write us, Leslie, and ask if they can paint. Oh, don't paint it. A laminate countertop. Do <laughs> no not paint ski. it. Not there used work. to be, wasn't there some sort of like a foil coating that was like heated on with a heat gun to a Formica surface? It has I think a... that that's not for uh, laminate countertops. I think that's for cabinets. Right, because he there's... also has Formica cabinets, he's saying. Yeah, well, hmm. You know, if you got laminate, the only thing you can do is re-laminate it, which you can do, by the way. What about, can you iron on a wood veneer? You know, that's a good question. Um, I don't see why you couldn't... As long as you scuff up the laminate surface so that adhesive's got well, something let's to think stick about on. This. You can, you, a lot of wood veneers go on with contact cement. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason that you couldn't basically laminate wood veneer on top of the laminate surface. And I don't you see can get you veneer in any style of wood. I mean, if you want ebony, if you want tiger's wood, you can get it. I mean, the prices, of course, are going to vary from pine to like a maple. You know, it's really going to be different depending on what you like. But those are options that are out there. And that's essentially what kitchen refacers do. You know, they keep the existing cabinets and put new faces and new doors on them. You know, I generally only recommend uh, that when you don't want to make any physical changes to the cabinets because that's mm -hmm. where refacing um, can't really help you out. If you need to add some cabinets or maybe you're taking out a wall oven and you got to do something with that space, it's kind of tricky when you're refacing it. But maybe Paul's Kitchen is kind of kitschy and fun and maybe they have a rooster theme or a vineyard theme and you want to take interesting pictures from, say, magazines or picture books and then you could decoupage them onto the cabinet doors as well. As long as you put a good sealer over it that makes it durable, it'll be nice. You know, the other things that you can do simply, too, is change all the hardware. If you change the hardware on the cabinets, we call oh my that God, it bling. makes it look so different. Yeah, bling for your kitchen. It definitely makes a, a, a big difference. So there's a lot of options for you, Paul. So don't feel all upset. Those kitchen cabinets, doors, countertops are going to be gorgeous, and tiling is a great idea for that counter. Well, we're always helping folks out of sticky situations, but there is one time where you really do want a sticky situation. 
Leslie tells us what that is in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. All right, Tom. Well, we're talking about wallpaper. And in fact, when dealing with wallpaper, the stickier, the better, especially when you're hanging it, not just when you're rolling around in it. And your bathtub can be a great tool when tackling a wallpaper project. You can wet pre-pasted wallpaper in a warm bath that's going to help really soften up the glue. And a good trick is to double the paper over and rub the adhesive sides together before hanging it. This is going to maximize the glue's effectiveness. If you're doing any research on wallpapering and you find out and you come across a word that's called bookmarking, that's what they mean. Fold the paper over onto itself so you've got the two sticky sides together. That's just going to make that glue really, really work because when you're hanging wallpaper, sticky is something that you really want. So it's okay. Find yourself in a sticky situation and enjoy that wallpaper. It's in again. Yeah, just don't use the contact cement when you're putting up the oh, wallpaper. No. That, that would be a big mistake. Oh, my gosh. Don't do it. It smells <laughs> really bad. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, making good homes better. Well, if you are a regular listener of the show, you know that we are always encouraging you to make good home improvement investments that are going to pay off. And replacing your windows is definitely one of them. But you don't want to spend money if you don't have to. So how do you know when it's time to start shopping for some new windows? And if you are shopping for some new windows, how do you sort out all of those manufacturer claims? That's what we're going to teach you next week on the program. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.